The content of this podcast should not be considered financial or investment advice. All interviews and discussions are opinions only, and the podcast has been created without taking into consideration the listener's financial objectives, financial situation, or needs. Listeners should obtain independent advice before making any financial decisions. G'day, this is Barry Fitzgerald, Garen Perro columnist for Stockhead. Welcome to another edition of the Explorers Podcast. Now, there's uh, nothing Garen Perro likes more than to see a, a junior exploration company with a tight capital base starting out a maiden drilling program on a project with some real game-changing potential. We've got that today, and the mineral in question is lithium. I'm talking about Burley Minerals, trades under the code BUR, last sale price of 29 cents uh, for a market cap of 25 million. So plenty of leverage there to exploration success. And I'll just mention that uh, the stock is on a bit of a move, no surprise why. It's just about to start a maiden drilling program at its Chubb Lithium project in uh, Quebec. Uh, right in the uh, heartland of the uh, lithium industry there where we've just seen two Australian ASX listed companies, Sayona and Piedmont, uh, switch on their processing plant. Those two have a combined market cap of $2 billion and it just gives us a feel for just how much of a lithium uh, province we're talking about in this corner of uh, Quebec. That we have Wayne Richards, who's uh, well known across the industry. He is the MD and CEO to bring us up to speed on what's been happening at Burley and particularly this drilling program at Chubb, and the recent acquisition of another lithium project not too far away from Chubb called Bouvier, if my French is still okay. So with that, I'll say g'day, Wayne. Welcome to the podcast. Uh, good morning, Barry, and thanks very much for the interview. Now, Wayne, uh, I mentioned the maiden drilling program at Chubb. Uh, tell us uh, what's about to happen there, what you think you might be uh, testing, and uh, give us a, a feel for potential scale. Yes, thank you, Barry. Um, the contract was awarded uh, in March and the pads were prepared and cleared. Uh, the drilling commenced last Thursday p.m. Uh, Quebec time. So they're currently moving through the second and third hole up on the Chubb Lithium project. At this point in time, based on the ice and the thaw, we're uh, targeting holes to the south. Um, which is in the lower part of the um, uh, terrain and topography. Uh, so those holes are going through and looking to extend the ore body of the main and or dikes two and three to the south um, to allow, like I said, a mineral extension of what is known with the strike currently of 560 metres. We're hoping to extend it to the south. Um, as we know, it is open both down dip and to the southern region. So that's where the first holes are pro progressing and then we'll move further to the northwest and track the original um, dikes that were drilled in 21 and 22, years 21, 22. I was just going to ask about past exploration history. So there has been some. Uh, any results of note that you can pass on? Uh, definitely, yeah. This uh, lithium, believe it or not, was chased as way back in 1949 and 1950 when they were looking for lithium and spodumene way back uh, in those decades. Then there was work done in the 90s. There was a change of ownership uh, in the uh, 2000s and uh, more recently they went back in 
the uh, winter of 21 and the summer of 22 and put down 29 diamond core holes uh, to chase what we call the main dike and dikes two and three. Uh, since then, we've also done um, gravimetri- uh, grav- gravities and EM, and uh, there's potential additional dikes to the uh, east and west of the plunging sort of uh, northwest to south southeast dip. So um, in the previous, there was up to 12 metres at uh, 1.57 lithium, um, 9 metres at 1.28, and there was holes that were mapped for spodumene back in the 90s and back in the 1950s that were greater than 10 metres almost from surface. So we're basically verifying those locations, those holes, and putting in a grid pattern that will allow us to prepare an MRE, uh, mineral resource uh, estimate, later in the year. Right, so it could be as quick as uh, later this year. I think the initial one, from what we know, could be done this year, but obviously the extension to the northwest and to the southeast and or east and west will take a lot more time and drilling. And um, in the thaw of um, May, June, we'll also move up to the far northwest because we're in the central region of the 35 tenements, Um, but the top four tenements also has pegmatite outcropping and uh, once the ice is totally dissolved, we will go up to that area and do a, a series of mapping and uh, soils and rock chipping and, and then potentially trenching to have a look at the uh, extension of the deposit almost four kilometres north of where we're drilling currently. Okay, now I'm sure investors are well aware there's been a lot of excitement uh, about uh, ASX companies uh, going over to Canada uh, looking for lithium. Some are, should I say, uh, infrastructure challenged. I'm just wondering what the situation is like here. Yeah, definitely. Well, you couldn't get it much better, to be totally honest, and that's not a sales pitch. Um, there's, you know, two airlines, three three to five flights a day uh, into Val d'Or, which is the local town. It's 17,000 people. It's a mining town. It's surrounded by five working gold mines. Um, so access to the town, to accommodation, to food uh, and um, services for mining uh, are very prevalent. We get on just one of the standard 111 highway roads, head 32 kilometres north, and then we turn off directly onto the tenement. Uh, we run two kilometres along a, a dirt track, which is a you know skidoo and um, logging track, and then we're on tenure. Yeah, too easy. We're on tenure within 30 minutes, you know, from, from leaving your um, accommodation. It's fully accessible um, and, yeah, it's a great spot to be. And then when you start talking, obviously, grid, gridded power, you know, hydro-generated power persists in Valdor. And 30 kilometres north of the tenement is the second town of Amos, which is also 14,000 people and a mining town. So, um very well accessed, you know, and um, there's a rail line that goes from Valdor all the way down to the ports of Montreal and um, Trios um, Rivieras, which is another port where Sayona is sending their all. So I guess I, I appreciate it's early days yet, but uh, that would give you the potential, I guess, to ship um, direct or if uh, the grade holds up, if you wanted to. Definitely, yeah. Like the fact that, you know, you'd probably have a very small trucking distance from, from the tenure to the rail siding. Uh, at best, you'd bring it uh, back to Valdor and then you're on a on a network system that's operating currently. And I mentioned uh, the... Uh Sayona and uh, Piedmont uh, North American lithium mines and operations, uh, which obviously includes the recent commissioning of the 
the first hard rock spodumene concentrated plant. How far is that away from you guys? Uh, as the crow flies, directly 10 kilometres. So 10 kilometres to the northeast, straight across the paddock, basically, um, you come in contact with uh, the NAL processing facility, uh, which, as you said, they've just spent $80 million and recommissioned that as a joint venture between Sayona and Piedmont. And there's intentions and plans to convert that plant uh, from 225,000 tonnes of 6% spodumene or 6% lithium oxide through to a lithium hydroxide refinery of 22 to 25,000 tonnes per annum by the year 2526, which is in plans with them. It's in study phase and obviously is, you know, the tertiary processing of, of the spodumene through to the lithium oxide through to the... Um, final product used for, for the battery manufacturer. So you've got, you know, like you said, you've got the multi-billion dollar players pretty well within a 10 kilometre to 20 kilometre radius and they've got the only working spodumene refinery uh, in in Quebec and Canada for that matter and uh, I believe the Prime Minister visited them yesterday. Uh, very significant for, well, Quebec itself and then Canada and that North Hungary uh auto industry down in uh, North America, wondering where they're going to get their future lithium supplies. Definitely. All right. Now, you've just added to your footprint there with uh, the acquisition of uh, Bouvier. Bouvier. Yeah, tell us a bit about that project. We're in the final phases of due diligence and project assessment for Bouvier. So um, it's a project that's 14 kilometres northeast, potentially along the same structure and fault. Uh, as to what Chubb Lithium is. Um, both Chubb Lithium and Bouvier were owned by um, New Discovery Corp previously, so they're hence the association and interaction. And there's been trenching and test work done on Bouvier, um, so we're looking to probably finalise that uh, in the coming month or months. And uh, once that acquisition is approved, then we will start a program which will be ideally in the spring come summer, uh, which will give us you know, good access and vis visible uh, interpretation of what has previously been done there as well. But uh, grades and quality uh, look very similar and potentially the same mineralogical, mineral mineral event you know, from previous. Just give us an idea of the lay of the land there. What is it? Is it uh, flat farming land or is it forest or...? Yeah, the um, Bouvier is very much um, flat land just leading into lightly wooded, uh, probably second tertiary sort of um, woods sort of thing, so quite sparse trees, you know, not dense. Chubb lithium, much the same, you know, it's it's rolling sort of RL of only 0 to 30 metres, so generally flat ground, um, some outcropping, obviously, of granites, and, um, and there's some, you know, secondary wood, and um, the culling of the timber uh, as a secondary industry in that area. So you think these pegmatite bodies, um, they don't go underwater or near water or anything like that? Not potentially where we are. You know, there are areas that after thaw become a little bit spongy, um, but in general we're not surrounded by lakes. The nearest lake is about probably 3 kilometres, 3 to 3.5 kilometres to our sort of um, north west 
So uh, we don't have a lake on our tenure at all. Now, I know with uh, Burley, and I'm not sure with the Bouvier, but you've uh, talked about the presence of white spodumene-bearing pegmatites and then these uh, pink uh, rubidium-bearing pegmatites. What's uh, this rubidium of potential value down the track? Uh, yeah, definitely. Um, you probably find the rubidium uh, is through the potassium uh, feldspars, uh, obviously part of the geological event as, as and when the lithium is, is flowing through into the granites. The direct association with the rubidium and the spodumene will be ascertained in this coming drilling program and or future drilling programs uh, to just see, you know, is it a, is it a persistent and consistent or is it in only a section, you know, along down dip? Um, and then metallurgically, we'll obviously run tests to see how and when you could extract that rubidium uh, as compared to the lithium. And obviously, rubidium, I think, currently attracts an $800 a kilo price tag. Sort of thing. So is um, rubidium common in pegmatites? Uh can be, but it's not. At payable sort of levels. You hear of LCTs, you know, with the cesium, lithium and the tantalum. And there is tantalum mines probably within 20 kilometres of our um, Chubb property. Mm. Um, but rubidium is, you know, it's, it's not inconsistent, but it's not really prevalent in, in a lot of mines. Given we're talking about lithium, what's, uh, we've seen the lithium chemical prices come off, but uh, spodumene seems to be holding up. What's your take on the market? I think at the macro level, obviously, you know, there is that transition for EV and battery storage and the multi-uses of lithium, and that's, you know, that's not going to go away in this in this paradigm between now and probably, you know, 2035. So you will need the lithium. Obviously, the price stayed up high for, for a period, so there was probably an inevitable correction um, in the markets. Um, on that basis, you can see now, I think the price is stabilised. Uh, it's probably stabilised at 50 to 60% of its peaks and, and still, you know, uh, up to you know 400% higher than some of the original studies done several years ago. Um, so I think it'll find its equilibrium and then again, you know, actually securing supply from potential producers at the moment is, is very challenging. And when you look at the lithium curve of how much is required between now and 2030, you're looking at probably a, a developed mine every three to four months around the world. And there just aren't that many mines ready or prepared to come online uh, in that period. So, you, you know, I think you're going to see a swing back to the supply and demand curve where you're going to you know, go chasing the supply and the price will either stabilise or, or walk its way back up a bit higher. And I think we've all back here read a lot about um, uh, Canadian government and US government support for Growing uh, lithium production, obviously, uh, there's a big, as I mentioned, a big hungry auto industry there that's uh, getting a bit worried. I was just wondering, can you give us a sense from, you know, obviously operating that part of the world now, is, is it for real this government push to onshore, as it were, lithium uh, battery chemical change, uh, uh, change, <laughs> lithium battery um, supply chain? Oh, I think definitely, yeah, it's, it's, it's you know, not a theory or a myth that, you know, it's it's a bullet train, not a steam train ploughing along, you know, and um, whilst there's quite a lot of exploration companies, you know, globally um, with brine and or um, spodumene looking to come online, um, as we said, it takes a project probably five to seven years from, from you know, greenfields through to producing, so, you know, 
I don't think you're going to quite have the uh, expansion capacity and or the new mines coming on quick enough. So I think on that basis, you know, we're going to go chasing supply. Um, Canada already has, you know, a critical and significant minerals uh, position paper. The fact that you've had the Prime Minister go and visit the working uh, mine, you know, only yesterday gives you an indication of his commitment, I suppose, to, to the... Um, to the exploration and and through the tax breaks and or the flow through um, systems for financing, there's obviously an intent to try and bring technical skills into into Canada from the hard rock mining perspective. Hence the um, the acceptance of ASX listed uh, juniors to go up there and and cohesively work with the Canadian and and the First Nationals to develop these projects. So yeah, I think it's definitely there and um, you know. Other than the francophone French speaking requirements in in some of the uh, provinces, you know they are English speaking, and they you know Canada is very similar to Australia and vice versa. So it's probably a good um, district or geography to be in. Now uh, Burley hasn't been around that long, and that's reflected in the uh, the tight uh, share register. I think there's only about eighty eight million shares out there. But it did come to the market with iron ore up in the Hammersley uh, Iron Ore Province, Channel Iron style deposits, plus a magnetite iron project uh, closer to Perth, about 120 k's northeast of Perth. So, can you provide us an update on uh, the iron ore side of the business? Uh, yeah, on the uh, hematitic material in in Cane Ball, uh, we're currently working through the DBCA for an exploration permit um, and uh, PKKP for the Exploration Heritage Agreement and looking to do flora and fauna surveys in the coming month. Um, so that's that looks very good. It looks very promising, probably 19 kilometres of strike of, of Channel Iron with the potential outflow circuit to um, the Port of Ashburton slash Onslow. And with the Magnetite project in the new Norcia Uricoin region, we're working through with the landowners on land access agreements there and um, we have POWs uh, prepared for potential drilling when we gain access to those tenures. Are you anywhere um, near the uh, chalice discovery? Yes, that's correct. Yeah, uh, long, well, probably not a long strike, but uh, we're probably 30 kilometres uh, north, northeast of them. And knowing your history, you're uh, obviously uh, a bit of an expert on the iron ore outlook. Uh, what's your take on it? Yeah, it's an interesting call where, uh, you know, has, you know, China really, you know, finished with COVID and, and moving through the process and, and will obviously create stimulus packages, um, both on infrastructure and buildings, uh, to obviously not see their real estate drop away. So there is a general undercurrent or tone that uh, iron ore will stay up, the pricing will stay up and the demand will continue. Um, you know, it's not a bad positioning price at $120 US CFR at the moment. I think, uh, you know, it's, it's quite a stable point for um, those that are producing and it's also encouraging enough for new players to come in at that pricing. So, um, no, I think uh, I think commodities are generally believed to, to go forward this year, you know, as and when China continues to grow out of its COVID um, process. But as we've discussed, uh, the short-term uh, focus very much on lithium in uh, Quebec. Just uh, give investors, uh, to wrap up, just give investors a feel for what they should be looking out for in coming months. 
Um, well, definitely we're drilling, as we said, the maiden drilling program, so both visual and then um, followed six to eight weeks behind with analysis of the Chubb project. We will look to secure and, and conclude the acquisition, 100% acquisition of Bouvier. So both projects will be 100% owned, so no farming or anything associated thereof. So that's great from a shareholder's perspective that they're fully acquired. Um, we will move to the far northwest of Chubb to um, obviously map, sample and trench. And then once we have Bouvier or Bouvier under our belt, we will obviously extend from the history there of uh, what's known and put in a drilling program with the aim of potentially trying to get even a DSO out in under uh, 18 months to two years. Okay, there you go, folks. A uh, lithium explorer on the move, Burley Minerals, AXX code BUR, with uh, some um, iron ore projects in its back pocket, which uh, could come into its own as uh, the China steel make uh, continues at around the billion tonne level for years to come. So with that, Wayne, thanks very much for your time. We'll be watching with interest. Thank you very much, Barry, and I'll catch up with you soon. Cheers, mate. Cheers.